KCRFM New York. This is Jazz Alternatives. My name is Mitch Goldman. Here with you tonight for the next three hours. You landed in the right place tonight. It's Deep Focus. We are going to take a deep focus on the man. Some call him Mr. Ra. Some call him Mr. Ree. You can call him Mr. Mystery. I'm talking about Sun Ra. We've got some really exciting live recordings. And even better than that, here in the studio tonight, welcome back, Eric Person. It's good to be here. And I'm uh, Mr. E. <laughs> You're Mr. E. Mr. E. And you've got uh, this is a big week. Thank you for yeah. making time for us because I know oh, you've yeah. got a. Uh, you got some special stuff coming this week. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a great week. It's gonna be very busy uh, for my music, and uh, looking forward to it. Very excited. The big band, your big band, Eric Person Big Band, playing jazz at Lincoln Center. First yeah. time, right? F- first time. Yep. Wednesday night. Not the yep. first time for the band, but the first time at that venue. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. But I, I have to plumb the depths of your mind first for a moment. Take mm-hmm. advantage of this opportunity. You, Eric Person saxophonist, mm-hmm. multi-instrumentalist, composer, band leader, loom large over Deep Focus in mm. this Monday night program. You are the only artist who figures in both of those cuts that are featured in our little theme, our little <laughs> intro theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One comes from one of your records and the other from a performance of yours with the Decoding Society with yeah. Shannon Jackson. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've always wanted to know how it came about, that band that was all about uh, Shannon's music, mostly, a few yeah. notable exceptions, very carefully selected exceptions of uh, other people's compositions that that band yeah. did, and uh, that one stands out among them, Dizzy Gillespie's Bebop. Yeah. How was it that that band played that song? Um, you know, it's ironic that when I was with Shannon, I remember, at least at this period of time, uh, like if, if if we were at a sound check or whatever, and you know you were warming up your instrument, he he didn't want you hearing. I mean, he didn't want you playing anybody else's music. I, maybe he didn't want it in, in his head. He, maybe he didn't. He, he was jealous of you know the fact that you weren't focusing on his stuff, and you know you weren't feeling the ray beams of his eyes, you know, <laughs> centering on your back, you know, to get into my stuff. But anyway, he um. Uh, he was like that, you know. He wasn't. He didn't want. He didn't want to hear no no bird licks. He didn't want to hear any bird melodies. He just really wanted you to be playing his stuff. And you know, 
uh, I remember one time uh, it was it was at a rehearsal or a sound check, and I can't remember which one, but uh, I, I was playing that song Bebop. One of my favorite bebop melodies, and um, and and I remember him saying, uh, uh, we started. It must have been at a, a rehearsal. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, it was at a rehearsal. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's uh-huh. funny. It's like like I'm I'm like visualizing. So so I was practicing this, and um, and then and he said, let's 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 do something with that, you know. And uh, it, we might have went over just me and him together, and then when uh, you know, like Vernon or Melvin or, or Bruce Johnson came came in, you know, Vernon Reed, Melvin Gibbs, yeah, we started orchestrating it in a way that you know, fleshed it out, you know, made it bigger, you know, Vern, Vernon put some strange kind of detuned tremolo kind of sound on top, which you, which you can hear in that in that version. But uh, it was it was interesting. I mean, because um, we did solo on it. it I mean, we just played the melody on on uh, decode yourself, but we did solo on it. And and I was playing baritone saxophone on that particular song. So I, I, I matter of fact, I I, I have uh, uh, I don't think we played it here. Maybe we did. Uh, I have a version of us playing it live at uh, the Berlin Jazz Festival, and uh, it's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great moment in that band, and it's so unusual. Mm-hmm to hear this electric sound brought to yeah. that tradition. Yeah, I mean, like you say, we were always just playing Shannon's music, but for whatever reason, uh, the stars aligned for us to do something else, you know? Uh, and that was fun, it was fun. It was well, always real challenging because we played it super fast, you know? Oh yeah, way yeah. up. And that's yeah. not simple stuff. No, it's no. It's simple to play slowly. It's you know it's funny it's some it's some melodies like maybe that that's one of them but uh, uh, that I learned a long time ago and I can I can almost I mean I can't forget them you know it's like I can pick up my horn after not playing a couple of days or whatever uh, or or maybe those melodies for months and 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 it's like it just fits my hands and and it's just right in my head you know so it's it's it's, it's cool it's cool now is that the residue of the hours that you spent studying that or is that the measure of, of a great melody or both or what do you think oh well definitely me putting the time in i mean uh i remember at that time um cuz i was in Shannon's band from 83 to early uh 87 uh I used to stay uptown in Harlem, and uh, one of the first places I stayed at was this this rooming house, and and uh, the lady wouldn't allow me to practice in the rooming house. And I mean, I needed a place that bad that I, I still took the place. She said she would hook something up for me, so I was practicing every night when I, you know, uh, in the back of a numbers joint. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I remember, you know, working on some of these standards. You know, like uh, uh, what is this thing called love and bebop? You know, and putting a lot of time in that stuff. But you know, people coming through. Excuse me, I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, I, I a lot of ironies. You know, of uh, you know living in New York and you know dealing yeah. with rent, renting situations and and play, and still. Um, against all odds, you know, getting that practice in, you know, and that was definitely one of the songs I was working on, you know. Did you, did the band 
rehearse that a lot to to get that as oh yeah definitely i mean it like i say i mean you got akbar ali you know playing it on violin so i don't know how it lays on violin but you know we we put a lot of time in that and then like i say we did that that happened in the early early phase of my tenure with that band because i mean it's on decode yourself and i record i joined the band in uh april of uh of uh, 83 and we recorded in like July of '83, yeah. you know. So, I'm curious did did Shannon talk about uh, about that music or Dizzy or anything? I mean, it's kind of or just the melody just floated up to the front. I mean, I know he knew that music. Yeah, I I, I don't remember Shannon really ever talking that much about bebop. I mean, if, you know, because he came out of a lot of avant garde stuff. I, I he might talk more about Arnett or somebody like that, but. Uh, as you might know, a lot of jazz innovations or innovators, uh, their music is really kind of like reaction to bebop. You know, how are they going to get away from bebop or how am I going to play bebop where it's disintegrated, you know, and that sort of thing. Bebop was kind of a culmination of everything. I mean, you could say that about almost any period of the music, but Mm -hmm. everything that had come before had yeah. everything that was happening at that time mm-hmm. poured into this music and, yeah. and yeah people had to respond to that away mm-hmm. from it or yeah i mean it loomed large over so much uh on, on the music scene because you know if everybody's listening to bebop and you're trying to do something different you know they, they'd probably be weighing your music against that you know like how does it stand up against that or maybe we should play it again Mm-hmm. Just uh, it's only a minute long. Oh yeah, why not? Let them hear it because we've been talking yeah. about it now. It's and people are like, wait, I should have listened to that. <laughs> They'd be going getting the <laughs> Charlie Parker version, <laughs> right? Exactly. Now, and this first track that we play, I might as well let you introduce. That oh yeah, too. yeah. And now, now um, it's just you talking. <laughs> <It's> just <me>. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was manipulated in the studio uh, when we were. Uh, I had I had a duo project called Sources with uh, Bob Coke. Uh, he he played guitar, acoustic guitar, Sarod, uh, um, tabla, Indian tablas, mm. and uh, conch shell. And we came up to the KCR studios and 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 uh, did a really nice performance up here. And I remember we had you saying, "Well, here's another <laughs> set of mu- music." So when we came back in to like basically dump it to uh, Dat. I remember you did that. It was like you played the tape and pulled oh, it back. Oh, I did that? Yeah, you did that. Oh, I didn't. I never knew that I did that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I so, that. so I said, keep that. And, and we and, and when we made you put it on the um I, I didn't the remember that, yeah. I, that, that I thought you did that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's historic. <laughs> and, oh, this is, and you guys, you surprised me by actually putting it on the record. I yeah. had no idea until the record came yeah. out. And it, and it worked perfectly because if you listen to Rhythm Edge, my CD, uh, it, it, it falls in a way like the first, I guess, four or five songs. It sounds like one set of music. So then when you say another set of music, the next thing starts this... Um, uh, uh, this piece and it's, it, it it breaks the the CD up into like two parts yeah. perfectly. You know, so that's funny. So yeah, you'll hear my voice manipulated a little bit, but then <laughs> you'll hear Dizzy Gillespie's Bebop played by Shannon Jackson and the Decoding Society mm-hmm. from the album Decode Yourself, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. I think it came out. Yeah, Island Records. Yeah, and uh, featuring our guest Eric Person on. Barry sucks on this. Well, um, I don't alto on this, but yeah. I remember live. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. play it 
barrier, at least that might have been even after we did it in the in the in the studio. But yeah. All right. So now this is a little sidebar. We're gonna dive right into the uh, main yeah. course, uh, Sunrock, coming up right after this. So, but this uh, just give you another chance to hear this. It's a very interesting approach to this spectacular song. many, many, many times, yeah. especially since it's the theme of the show, but uh, I always hear new stuff. Actually, that time mm. I was just listening, I was listening to what Melvin was doing, which mm. was really interesting. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, Shannon's choice, he's not hes not playing a conventional swing. No, he's playing the melody with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's really how it was. It was just orchestrated in a way that it just made that single line, you know, bigger with all five of us playing it, you know. Well, it's oh, yeah. a perfect theme for the yeah. show because it's uh, in that 48 seconds or whatever it is, weaving mm-hmm. together all these different strains of the tradition. And that's what yeah. we try to do here in mm-hmm. deep focus. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And uh, we are continuing the celebration of the centenary of uh, Herman Sonny Blount, a.k.a. Sun Ra. Now, or, now what's interesting, mm. it, you, you talked to him. He said he pronounced his last name Blount. Blunt. Blount, 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 what did I yeah, say? Yeah, because I've heard... He never called himself Sonny yeah, Blount he never, to me. Blount yeah, to me. Because I've, I've, Blunt, I've seen Blunt, that I name yeah. with the same spelling pronounced Blount. Blount. But yeah, I, I think you're right. If you look at it, it says it, it reads looks like, Blount. Yeah. yeah. He never, uh, no, he never called himself <laughs> that around me. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know that he did mm-hmm. in some decades yeah, yeah, yeah. prior. But uh, I, I got to spend a little bit of time with him, which was... Uh, inspiring and mm-hmm. is to this day yeah. but uh you know i was a fan like uh like all the rest of us listening yeah. to the band and and i did love listening to this band and uh i'm curious uh before we start getting into uh, some of these live recordings on uh what about let me ask you in this way for you as a band leader hmm. what appeals to you about sun Ra? Uh, some of it's just longevity, you know, just, just, uh, I was reading a little bit about, well, they have a book, a really good book on him. It's a biography that came out shortly after his death. But, um, you know, just a, just a guy to, uh, just, I mean, not even talking about the music. The music is intriguing because he, he had his hand in so many pots, you know, like you can hear, you know, Sun Ra's. Music sound like a swing big band, or you could hear it sound like a a stripped down Egyptian uh, procession, you know, and 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 anything in between, you know. They, they kind of put their hand in a lot of stuff, and it, and it all still sounded like him and what he, you know, brought brought to the table. But um, I mean, just 
just trying to keep a band together, how he kind of maneuvered what was going on outside of, well, uh, in his environment, New York and then Philadelphia. You know, he kept his band together and had him in a living situation. And and uh, some people thought it was cultish, but, uh, you know, whatever he did, he, he, he was very successful. And um, I, I know a lot of times, you know, we talk about, you know, guys like, you know, him, guys like Miles, and they were, you know, successful at, you know, doing their music and making a living from it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting. We, ne- we, ne- we never bring up, those guys never, t- okay, let me just put it a different way. We're, we live in the internet age, so everybody talks about everything. They ask you about everything. But when we hear like music like that was recorded in the 60s or 50s and whatever, those people didn't talk like they do now. They, don't, they didn't ask the questions that we're asking now. So when you hear bitches brew, I mean, you know, these, and we're asking questions about the session, these are questions that should have been asked then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, it's just like, you think of Sun Ra, okay, why did he do certain things? You know, uh, we could say it's obvious, you know, why they were wearing those crazy clothes, but he might have he, he said, yeah, I, I, I believe that I was from outer space, but I he might have said, hey man, I realized years ago that people remember music better if there's something visual mm. to it. You know what I mean? It's, well, you know what's funny too is that uh, at the time, so many of us were so distracted by the bright, flashing, shiny lights, <laughs> these guys in these wild costumes and these stories about Saturn and outer space and everything. And now, with the remove of time, all that's really left is the music. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the music yeah. either shines or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if it shines, then it, it has a life that continues. And his music certainly does. Mm-hmm. I, mean, there, I mean, there might be more fans of Sun Ra now than there were when he was around and playing it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think exactly along with what you're saying that uh, maybe he had to do all that and that was part of the music, but uh, I think it's beneficial that the music is able to just stand on its own now Mm -hmm. in a certain way. I mean, think about it. I mean, he, uh, you know, those guys came to New York and obviously, you know, New York back, in the late 60s was it's a lot different than it is now but I'm quite sure because many avant-garde I'm just gonna call them that you know just for an easy uh, umbrella but um, I'm quite sure he came into many times where he was like you know ain't nobody calling me for gigs right you know so I gotta make this work you yeah. know and yeah. he, he might have said hey man listen let's let's make a, a, a visual spectacle that'll keep people guessing and, and curious and coming back to the gigs. I mean, they were at Slugs for like, uh, a, I guess their first stint was like a year and a half. And that's pretty good, yeah. you know, for a new yeah. band to the city. And then uh, I, I think I read that they played another another point in time too, uh, shortly after. But, um, you know, it's, 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 I think at any time playing creative music in America has been challenging. So I'm, I'm quite sure he was met with those challenges. Yeah, yeah, and, and overcame it. Yeah. Well, we've got a really exciting recording we're going to start with that I did not find in uh, most of the published discographies, unreleased mm-hmm. recording from Bremen, West Germany at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
recorded and broadcast by Radio Bremen. And uh, the date is June 24th, 1986 at a venue called Schauburg, which is still there. I have never been there, I don't think. What's it called? Schauburg. Doesn't ring a bell, but yeah. I could have played there. I played all through Germany. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I can remember some shows in, in Bremen, mm-hmm. but uh, none at that place that I recall. And it's, it's such a classic version of the band. It's uh, Sun Ra, of course, on keyboards and vocals. Uh, Tyrone Hill on trombone, Marshall Allen, alto, saxophone and flute and percussion, Pat Patrick on alto, John Gilmore on tenor sax and clarinet, Elo Omo on tenor and bass clarinet, tenor sax and bass clarinet, Danny Ray Thompson, baritone saxophone, flute and percussion, James Jackson on the baritone saxophone, and the ancient Egyptian infinity drum. And uh, Bruce Edwards, electric guitar, uh, Rollo Radford on the bass. Marvin Boogaloo Smith is the drummer. Uh, I know Marvin. <laughs> and uh, now we, uh, they start out with kind of a loose jam session, session and they dive into some, some of the all-time absolute classics from the book, as well as some originals. Hmm. Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with that, that first jam or uh, come back in with, uh, with Discipline 27? Uh, let's let's start off with the jam. Uh, you know, you're making me think by this date because I I only saw Sunrise Band one time, and 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 I went after I joined Shannon's band after we went on the road in, in the states. Um, I went to Europe with him. I I guess it was in July. So this is probably the exact same band that I saw. You know. And it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it was like they did three encores. The people would not let let them off the stage. But they forgot to mention about the uh, yeah. Ewees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that those guys were playing. The saxophones were playing with these what was referred to as Ewees, but yeah. they were uh, EWIs or electronic wind instruments, and they made some like it was just a startling. Uh, strange sound from these things you know and it was it was i guess that was analog stuff they was doing but it was it was electronic and it was like it it, it lended another ethereal thing to the band that was really cool but they he, he had the dancers and i saw him in this cave it was a it was a gig at a festival in this big cave i need to find out exactly where that was but um but yeah, the the iwi was a basically a breath controlled mm-hmm. synthesizer right so yeah, okay, okay. I would think. Yeah, something, something to that effect, yeah. I should see if, if they selling that on eBay somewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? that's right. I never saw anybody else play those things except those guys. Brecker. Brecker was really He had it. that thing? Yeah. Where they would spin in the thing at the bottom? Uh, I, I, I have such a clear picture <laughs> of, uh, of, of Pat Patrick playing that. Yeah. I yeah, I remember that the the thing at the it bottom. Was, yeah, that's that like where a, uh, you manipulated the, the the notes and sounds or whatever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a little spinning thing that they were spinning at the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, all right, we're going in. Yeah. We ready? Cool. All right, just put on your put on your uh, spaceman <laughs> tinfoil hats. <laughs> that's right. Here we go. Taking off for the planet. Music from Sun Ra. On WKCR, our guest, Eric Person. It's a big band playing jazz at Lincoln Center Wednesday night.
are on the stage at the Schauburg in Bremen, West Germany, 1986. Sun Ra on the bandstand with the orchestra. And we are also here in New York City at 89.9 WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. We call this program Deep Focus. The Deep Focus is on Sun Ra, but it's from the eye, the ear, the mind of Eric Person back in the studio with us. And uh, Eric's got a big band hit coming up two nights from now, Wednesday night, Jazz at Lincoln Center. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later in the program. But uh, so, uh, Eric, this is, we've got a waiting for Sunrod to step out on the stage. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we got the band getting into it. And they're playing, a, you know, it's funny. It's the same cats. And it's it's Sunrod's music, but it's not, is it? It's mm. uh, they're they're. Uh, They've been given a long leash. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Some yeah, good, good, some great playing though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, Bruce was, Edwards had a mm-hmm. had an impressive guitar solo, a lot of imagination mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, very loose structure. They're they're uh, setting setting the stage, getting the audience ready for what is about to befall them. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's that's um, that's trust, you know, the band band leader, you know. It's also and, it's kind of some old school showmanship too, isn't it? Having, I mean. Getting the band warms up the crowd. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and warms up themselves. Yes, you know, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, they've got everything but the hype man <laughs> <laughs> calling out, calling out the star, Sun Ra. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's good. It's interesting. I, you know, what else I really like? We talked about this a little bit off mic. I like the way. This recording was made. It's a little loose. It's mm-hmm. a little. It's got a roomy sound, but it mm-hmm. feels very immediate. You'll hear as more instruments come on stage. Mm-hmm. It it feels like the live sound of that band playing to me. Mm-hmm. So I I appreciate the uh, somewhere some perhaps long forgotten German recording engineer working for Radio Bremen mm-hmm. made some good choices. Mm-hmm. I mean I. I think it's good too. I mean, this is obviously a concert, and then, and you know, is is when you play in Europe, because you know the people are ready for pretty much anything. You know, um, you know, you can make those kind of choices. He he might have been like, "Hey, man, I'm not saying they never did that before, but I'm just saying he they might have been like, let's you guys go out and do something. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna get my capes together or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what right, I mean? Right. I mean, so." Um, yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit. We, uh, you and I, both spent a little time around music in Germany, and uh, no firsthand experience of this venue. It's still around, called Schauburg, in Bremen. But uh, you certainly had a lot of experience playing all around Germany, all around Europe, Germany in particular. Mm-hmm. I want to say back around then, more in Germany than any other country. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about that about. What audiences were like and venues, promoters. I hope those. Venu- I mean, I hope those audiences are still the same. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they they. I mean, they're listing audiences. I mean, they're really in tune to. Uh, I'm gonna do a generalization. I mean, uh, but I mean, I played all kinds of venues in in Germany, and and the audiences were just fixated on the music and the musicians. It was just like almost the highest kind of respect there you know and I mean I, nothing not trying to you know put down uh, any 
uh, our own country that the music was uh, originated from. But um, it's very rare, extremely rare to be able to travel any place in the United States and get that kind of audience and that kind of, you know, attention, you know, and, and even uh, the audience members knowing your history, you know. I mean, I've I played in Europe where people came up and you know, they had all these CDs that I was on or records I was on and my own CDs and stuff I might have did with, you know, Dave Holland, Chico Hamilton or They're whoever. They going, hey, I never got paid for this. <laughs> well, that that has <laughs> happened, but that didn't happen with those guys. But uh, right. uh, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, the people, you know, it's a history of art and art being respected and artists being respected that's it's, it's a it's a it's really a tradition there you know where it's not here like you know you'll get more people saying oh you're an artist or you're a musician oh so you're are you a starving artist you know in a way that like um is like demeaning you know whereas there it might be like you look like you need a little helping hand come on in and we're gonna feed you you know it, it's that kind of thing that's different there you know I, I think part of that is because of broadcasts exactly like this one mm-hmm. that there was yeah. this sense of uh it, it was actually not just a sense it was actually a legal requirement for broadcasters mm. to present music and uh art and um mm-hmm. not just american improvised music all different kinds of yeah, art yeah. music yep and it was supported it was broadcast and there was an audience for it you know think about this you've got uh, uh baseball they broadcast every game right mm. people still come out to these 50,000 seat stadiums <laughs> it's not like i wonder why they, right they, <laughs> they, it's not like they don't come because well they can watch at home on tv yeah they do come mm. when they hear about it in the media mm, 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 mm. so uh it's and it shows in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, this this place that those guys play that uh, sunrise it is that I told you I heard them and they were playing they were playing in a big cave. You know, I mean that's unique. Wow. Yeah. You know, Do you remember what city that was or I? Theater? You know, I I'm unique in that <laughs> I have all my itineraries from like uh. almost pretty much every tour I've ever did. So I can go back and, and find this itinerary. Yeah. and I, Because I believe what it is, is it was the, we played the same place and it was the, the I believe it was the first place we played on this particular tour. I think it was the first tour I did with Shannon. And um, so I know that cave is there. I'm sure the cave is still there. <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> you know, the caves cave. don't leave, you know. <laughs> we right. leave, but caves stay. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, it, they played, you know, in, in a cave, and I remember we played in, in, a, in a place that was like a bunker. You know, it was just wow. like, yeah. Bruce Johnson was making jokes about that. You it know? must have been uh, acoustically challenging, I would think. It was small. Uh, this bunker. I mean, it was it was like it was small, but it was people just came out. They were just like eager, ready. You know, like bring it. You yeah. know, yeah. That's another cool thing, um, touring in Europe, and I'm sure Sun Ra, they had this kind of experience. You go to one city, and you're in a rock club. You go to the next city, you're in a mm-hmm. church. Right. You go to the next city, you're in a tiny little opera house mm-hmm. from 
200 years ago. Yeah, true. And the next city you're in um, some outdoor tent or something. And yeah. And it's. Yep, it's true. Or you being on some big stage. Right. And it's in some big field and it's like no more grass. It's mud <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure uh, Sun Ra, the orchestra, crossed over a lot of lines as the decoding society did at that mm. time and audiences that came out that were you know might not have been a conventional jazz audience mm-hmm. and they weren't coming expecting to sit and uh drink a polite cocktail and be serenaded or maybe they yeah. were yeah but they were everybody got a surprise yeah i mean it's you gotta you want to leave something with them that they can remember. Like I say, I mean, it was definitely a, a musical and a visual spectacle here in Sun Ra in, in, with the dancers and those cats playing the Ewees and, you know, the, the whole, um, with him, you know, obviously, and then uh, uh, wearing all the, the weird garb, you know. It was, it was definitely, I never forgot it, you know. I mean, that's what it's about, you know. And there was all kinds of mythology that came along with it, some of which... Sun Ra himself might have generated and others that fans and stories and yeah. word of mouth shared. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, we're going to go back to the bandstand. Yes. Schauburg. Schauburg. We're talking about Sun Ra. Eric Person is our guest tonight. He's playing Wednesday night at Jazz at Lincoln Center with the Eric Person Big Band. And that's two sets, 7.30 and 9.30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on out. Yeah. Good seats still available. Order now. Yeah. J-A-L-C dot O-R-G to get your tickets for oh, Wednesday you know night. <laughs> Dizzy. <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our deep focus is on Sun Ra. We are very lucky to have this really spectacular live recording from Bremen, 1986. The 100th anniversary of the arrival on Earth of Sun Ra hmm. took place last week. And... Uh, what better reason for a celebration? It's Memorial Day. They named Memorial Day for Sun Ra. I'm Mitch Goldman. You're listening to WKCR.
build a dream house of love, dear, near to the sun in the day, near to the moon at night. We'll live in a lovely way, dear, living on love and healthy life. Just you and I. Forever in a day Love cannot die We'll keep it that way Up among the stars You'll find a harmony life To a lovely tune the sun and west
Music from Sun Ra that you've never heard. I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess. Maybe if you're the hardcore, you might have found your way to this recording, but it's pretty, pretty rare. Uh, made in Germany, broadcast a handful of times on Radio Bremen, hmm. the city where it's recorded. And uh, But you're listening to WKCRFM New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. We call this show Deep Focus. And Eric Person is our guest in the studio tonight. And we are giving a deep focus listen to the music of Sun Ra. Already in this brief set that we're uh, making our way through, we've, we've covered a lot of turf, something you were talking about, hmm. that uh, this band has this yeah. big vocabulary of... Uh, of music, mm-hmm. maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the things you're hearing in there. I mean, it's, it's just like I mentioned before uh, uh, when we first started the show. It's like you can you could probably hear everything under the sun and beyond the sun, and in, in uh, you know his music. I mean, everything east of the sun and west of the moon. You dig, you know, <laughs> and uh, don't be cross. You've just heard one of three podcasts from this radio show from Monday. May 26, 2014, Deep Focus with your host, Mitch Goldman, and my guest was Eric Person that night, our topic, Sun Ra. I think you know that. You made it this far into the show. So that's part one. There's two more parts. If you stumbled along here somehow, don't know how you got here, uh, you can find your way back to Deep Focus probably on your favorite podcasting app, on your phone, definitely always at our hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And any way you go, we do encourage you to sign yourself up for a subscription. It's free and no ads, no nothing. And uh, there's hundreds of more episodes like this. And if you don't find them there, here's something you can do. If you want to go looking for more, go to my personal website. It's mitchgoldman.com. Go to the Deep Focus tab about Deep Focus. And you'll find a search bar there, Google search bar, and you could plug in any name if you know something about one of the shows or you're just curious, like, hey, did they ever do a show about Miles Davis? <laughs> yeah, sure did. Lots of others, too. And uh, they'll come up there and you can link back to them. It's not quite as um, elegant as it could be at some of the podcasts, but go look. I mean, literally, I said hundreds, hundreds. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are Deep Focus Podcast, Deep underscore Focus underscore Podcast on Instagram. And we do encourage you, you know, this is like, uh, I'm going to get you involved in my little uh, conspiracy of music here. Nobody knows about this show except you for some reason. I don't know, I probably should advertise it or do some promotion. I just haven't had the opportunity to do that. So I'm relying on you as someone who enjoys the show, to tell some friends. Do the old blah, blah, blah. Put it on your socials. You can, another thing you could do that's just as effective and not as embarrassing as telling people you actually like something is to just click like. Just give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever, whatever. And that raises the profile of the show through that algorithm of uh, other people who are searching for a cool podcast to listen to. Somebody's going to find this show. You know, we do have I'm, we do have very few listeners, especially relative to some of these shows. I mean, very few. But we have listeners 
all over the world. I don't know how, I really don't know how people find us in Morocco, in New Zealand, but they have. And one thing that helps more than anything is you saying you like the show. Go figure. I don't know. Anyway, all right. I'll see you over at part two. And, uh, oh, you can email me if you want. It's deepfocusnow at gmail.com. All right. See you over there.